Hello and welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. And this is episode seven? Yes, I believe so. Incredible. We are into the playoffs. We've had our first round elimination. It was absolutely thrilling. We're going to get into all of that. There's just so many exciting things to talk about this week. And I wanted to start off by talking about the WNBA announcing their 25 greatest players of all time. So they have held a fan vote, which ended as we're recording this, it ended a few days ago. And so we're still waiting to see the results. And I have to say, you know, as people who have like, if you listened to this podcast before, you know, or if you're new to our podcast, welcome. And you'll learn that Freddie and I are new WNBA fans who are using this platform to bring in other new fans, to bring in old fans who want to let us know what's up. This 25 list, I'm really excited for because I'm excited to see who it is more so than me having like an authoritative like opinion on mm-hmm. who I think it should be. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it's it's a good kind of time to get educated for for both of us. I also feel like it's uh, it's fun because it's debatable. Like it seems like, yeah. you know, I don't feel like I know enough about the WNBA quite yet to say you know, let's say, you know, Cynthia Cooper was great, but uh, at the time that she played, there was less competition than Candace Parker and, you know, kind of like those nuanced opinions and, and how the league changed. And I'm very much kind of like getting into like, who's the best right now. Even when I'm watching WNBA games, like I'm looking at, uh, you know, Lauren Jackson right now. And I've seen a lot of kind of you know, highlight packages about how she changed the game and how special she was. And she's a player that I, you know, just because I wasn't into the WNBA at the time, you know, I didn't really watch. So kind of like learning about her and being like, oh, well, how good is she? You know, where does she rank? So yeah, this is kind of like a good table setter. I agree. And I think like this is the very interesting thing about this 25 that I think will be more and more up for debate as the list gets released is uh, the earlier WNBA players had half, if not more than half of their career in other leagues before the WNBA was formed, where a player like, uh, like you said, Lauren Jackson or like Elisa Leslie had the majority, if not their entire career in the WNBA. And I think that does give players like them or like a Sue Bird or a Diana Taurasi potentially a bit of an advantage here because somebody like Cynthia Cooper or Cheryl Swoops were already like very established players before the WNBA was even a thing. So yeah, like I wonder how much that's going to factor in to this list because it's a, it's a WNBA list, not a female basketball player list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the main person that always comes to mind when it's like more so WNBA than, you know, versus female basketball is uh, is Cheryl Miller. Yes, you know, it's like yeah. one of the first people that everyone's like, wait, so how is, you know, how is she ranked here? I also should say, just to be fully transparent, when I was looking for this, you know, I've seen like in my newsfeed a bunch of like the top 25 players. I am, I'm finding only like a bunch of different lists. So like mm. there's ESPN, there's Sports Illustrated, and they're all different. So like, I guess that's a, moment for education too and 
you know, to that point about how do you compare players? Like one player we've only, I feel like touched on a couple of times whose story is so remarkable. You know, she has a documentary about her is, is Maya Moore mm-hmm. uh, who, who stormed the league was incredible, was the MVP and decided to stop playing basketball after she was the MVP to, you know, fight for uh, a, a man's innocence. And she helped, you know, get him out of jail and, uh, he was wrongfully imprisoned. So it's like, how how do you rank someone like that? Someone who's like, not to always compare things to the NBA, but like Jokic won MVP last year. So that's, you know, that's him retiring right now and saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to fight for uh, this woman's innocence because I believe she was wrongfully imprisoned. And just that's their, that's their story. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's really kind of hard to rank and I'm excited to, learn more so I have like more you know I guess definitive opinions yeah I I that's such a fascinating point and I think like you know like you mentioned Cheryl Miller like Cheryl Miller didn't play in the WNBA I think she coached for a little while yeah um but she had already retired so yeah it's really just the top 25 players of the last 25 years and we'll see how that unfolds but I think like it would be a cool thing like we could do in the off season is to kind of deep dive into this list and learn more about each player. Maybe we can do like a little spotlight or something. Just thought of that off the top of my head. Hey, top of the top of the dome idea. Great idea. With that being said, let's get into the playoffs. So this playoff format is a little controversial because there's there's two rounds, if I'm not mistaken, of a one game elimination game. Yeah, yeah. I let's just talk a little bit about the playoff format. And so for anybody new, I'm going to just kind of read this in detail. So there are four rounds in all the teams with the two best records earn a double buy to the best of five semifinals. So in this case, that's the sun and the aces that we don't see until the semifinals. And then the team with uh, the third and fourth best records earn a buy to this, the single game elimination second round. So that's the links in the storm this year. The next four teams open with a single elimination first round. And then teams are reseeded after each round with the highest seed facing off against the lowest remaining seed in each round. So we opened up the playoffs with the fifth place Mercury against the eighth place Liberty and the sixth place place Chicago Sky against the seventh place Dallas Wings. Mm -hmm. Uh, So before we get into the games, let's just talk a little bit about this format. How do you feel about this format, Freddie? Okay, so I kind of knew about it a little bit, and I think it's been around since I'm winging this a little bit, but I think 2017, 2016. And I, I know they've you know changed the format a bunch, which obviously is going to happen with a 12-team league, you know, where the number of teams are fluctuating. So I don't want to be a new fan that has 
too many, you know, critiques that aren't balanced, but I don't like the double elimination. I, I feel like it makes sense. So, okay. You have 12 teams and then you have, or, you know, eight teams making it, which seems like, okay, that's a bit much. Maybe the only, you know, four teams mm. don't make the playoffs. So I get that. So the first round of a, like, you know, one-offs I like the second round. I'm not that crazy about like, you know, I'm just looking at, and, and again, I know, I know we're going to get to this, but a team like the, the you know, the Phoenix uh, Mercury, you know, was so exciting um, that, that Liberty game. And now they're going up against the storm. And to me, the idea that a team as good as the storm can lose one game and just be out of the playoffs seems, I don't know, like a bit like, you know, it's like left to chance a bit too much. Like, you know, even with uh, like, yeah, I think Seattle's a good example because uh, Brianna Stewart, uh, Stewie, as I like to learn <laughs> all the nicknames, um, is injured. So that's like, you know, that was like an MVP type player. She might not play for this game. They only have one game. It seems a bit too, I also, yeah, a bit too arbitrary. And I like series. So again, so wait, are you suggesting that the seventh and eighth seed should have a one game elimination? Yeah, something like that. Like, I feel like if you're top six, like team six and five should get a series. That yeah, That's what I'm saying. I think six and five, you've earned a right to a series. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you get a buy and then however it works, like the two teams that get to play you, you know, yeah, you get a full series. And I, I also, I'm all over the place here, but I even think the top two teams, I'm not crazy about the double buy. I like the yeah, idea. Yeah, that they get to skip two rounds. Yeah, and it just, I'm, I'm all for more games and, and playoff series, I guess. Is, is really what I'm saying. Like, it just, you know, I like the ebb and the flow versus like, you know, a team having one good night and another team having one bad night. So we talked about the playoff format a little bit uh, a few weeks ago on this pod and it seemed all very interesting. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, excited to watch a play out. Now that I've seen some of it unfold, I do think this playoff format is extremely unfair Yeah. Yeah. It's just too unfair. And I think I'm less about, you know, whether it's eight teams or six teams that make it to the playoffs. I'm more for the, there should, everyone should be in a series. I don't like that, that the top two are, are not playing in the playoffs for the first two rounds. That just feels like a lot. And I guess they did that because it's just two games. The first two rounds are just two games. Yeah. But I agree. Like, I think, I think the single elimination game is crazy. It's way too up to chance. It should at least be the best of three. I think maybe it would be better if it was just the top six and the first, the top two teams had to actually play in the first round. Mm -hmm. I, what I do like, I will say what I do like about the WNBA is that the bracket, the playoff bracket has nothing to do with conference. Me too. That is good. Definitely keep that. I think we're all for that, but I just think like, yeah, these single elimination games, you know, it feels like, um, 
like, do you ever watch like a soccer game? Like I'm not big on soccer, but every once in a while I'll catch like a Euro cup game or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and then they have like that final kickoff when they can't decide on a game. And yep. it just feels like, Oh my God, this is like soul crushing in a way for it to just come down to these few kicks as opposed to like a strategic play or non-play it feel it just feels yeah it's gutting it's gutting yeah the nba version would be kind of like okay you know uh down to free throws yeah it's down to free throws instead of uh overtime and like you know just to jump on your point about having no conferences and i think the nhl used to do this but i love that the WNBA does this they reseed every round Yes. So I do really like that. I do yeah. really like that, you know, that to me puts, you know, the utmost importance on the regular season. So it's like if you're coming in and, you know, let's say the Liberty, you know, beat the Mercury, you know, they're the eighth seed. It makes sense to me that they play the best team available every time where it's like, you know, it's kind of like fighting luck, sort of, which is the mm-hmm. opposite of what, you know, we're saying with the, with the single games, but I do like that. I do like that. If, if you've earned the best record, if you're, if you're the Connecticut sun, you play the worst team available at all times. And it's like, you've earned that by, yeah. by winning the regular season. So I do like that. I agree. It's just uh yeah, the single. And I think, you know, I I've been paying attention to Twitter and other, you know, WNBA fan messaging boards and stuff. And it seems across the board, no one's really happy with this single elimination game um, process. I just feel like fans across the board feel like it's unfair either way. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see if there's any changes. I think we just need to be a little loud and a little more vocal about it. And maybe we'll have a a newer playoff format uh, in the future. Uh, With that being said, the sky move on to the next round. They're going to face the links uh, today. We're recording this on Saturday, September uh, 25th, and we're going to have the mercury facing the storm later tonight as well. But let's talk about this mercury versus New York Liberty game, because Freddie, this was one for the ages. This was an instant classic with, yes. uh, with everything I said about the, the single elimination game. I know fair. This was an instant classic of a game. I was riveted. I was screaming at the TV. Oh my God. What a sensational game. Uh, Controversial end with Sabrina Inescu uh, missing that shot. A lot of people are saying she was fouled by Brittany Griner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. I have many opinions on this. Um, even oh, we should mention that the Liberty coach has also been very vocal about that being a foul and how that this wasn't fair and how um, I think he said young players in this league don't get calls. And he he kind of went off about mm-hmm. feeling like the Liberty haven't gotten calls uh, all season long. But in any case, Freddie, how do you feel about the way this game ended? It was just like pure excitement and I, I feel like I, you know, I don't want to have a, my like a forever stance when it comes to refs. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm, you know, I'm still learning about the WNBA, so I don't know what their like percentage of correct calls is or, you know, all that kind of like nerdy stat stuff when it comes to refs. But 
I do think basketball is just an incredibly fast game. I think the refs generally do a very good job. You know, the odd call, that's not good. That last call of the game, I actually don't think was bad. I feel like it wasn't egregious to me. And yeah, it's it's weird for the refs because I feel like you don't want to mess with the flow of the game. And the way that game was ending, which are, you know, you know, Benajelani hitting like these like, big threes yeah. and like just going back and forth and, uh, you know, Sandy Whitcomb like hitting threes too. And by the way, her just, okay. I just, two quick asides uh, with this game. One, uh, yeah, Sandy's uh, halftime interview was so good where she was just like, she was just like bubbly kind of. And, and, and the interviewer was like, yeah, you know, you're, you're having a great game. How's it going? And she's just like, I'm a team player. Everyone who knows me knows that I'm having a good time if my team's having a good time. And it was just like, it almost sounded scripted, but she had a giant smile on her face. I think like she was just feeling good vibes. (laughs) And then the other thing I got to bring up that uh, my partner, Caitlin, let me know about, which I was like, I just, please, please go watch this on WNBA League Pass if you haven't, Catherine. But at the end of the game, I think they're interviewing uh, Skylar Diggins uh, Smith and, and there's this woman in the back who won't stop dancing in front of the camera. Like she's trying to get on camera. (laughs) She's doing like the Elaine Bennis weird dance, but she also has her mask off and is like, like showing her mask to the camera. And it's one of those things where like, she just doesn't stop being silly between between the the phoenix suns and now the phoenix mercury not a lot of masks in phoenix (laughs) no yeah they're uh (laughs) i feel like i've seen a lot of phoenix this year and yeah there's not a lot of masks out there they're 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 hanging loose over there you know (laughs) in the desert but um yeah no just like I, i so as far as the calls let me just read what walt hopkins the coach said and, and then I'll just quickly comment on it. Um, so here's one of his quotes. There are a lot of things I want to say about the officiating in the WNBA and about the lack of respect this team's gotten all season, Hopkins said. But I can't say that because referees are above reproach. They don't have to go to a press conference after games. They don't have to explain the mistakes they made, why they did what they do. I don't know where the accountability is going to come from but it needs to happen. It was a bad season. The way they treated us was bad. My first instinct is that sounds like a sore loser. Mm -hmm. And I feel like to bring it up now after you've lost is gives me bad vibes. And then the last thing I'll say is that I feel like, yeah, not, not just bringing it up now, but in this way makes me think like, you don't really have that much of a point and sure there's some stuff where where young players have to earn the respect of the referees but to come and say that now and that they don't their their referees are beyond reproach it's kind of just like it's all a team in in sports leagues and that's like throwing a valuable member of the team under the bus in, in to me, a statement that's not true. Like the idea that refs anywhere, people that get yelled at constantly are like, and scrutinized in their job. It's like, they are not 
untouchable and above reproach. Like that to me is just such a hypocritical thing to say. I agree with you about um, the Liberty Coach's statements. I think like if you're going to claim that, you need to say it as it's happening. Yeah. But I mean, I understand why he's frustrated yes. and that this is like a moment of frustration for him. But I, yeah, who knows if, if like how accurate that is, but it's like, I feel like if you want to make that complaint, then you got to come with receipts and you yep. need you and your team, your coaching staff who, you know, your data people, your researchers, whoever need to compile the evidence you know, during the off season or whatever, and then present it to the league. 100%. Because I think you can't just like make these bold statements and not back it up. So I'm I'm not even going to say that it isn't true. It's just like, you need to bring proof to the, to the league. If you actually want accountability, you need to show, you need to demonstrate that accountability needs to be made. But this is how I feel about this game. Okay, first of all, I'm going to say it was a foul. Brittany Griner did not give Sabrina Ionescu space to land. And that's a call we have seen being called frequently throughout the season. This is mm-hmm. something even in the NBA they are trying to reinforce more as a call that gets made. With that being said, here is why I think it wasn't called. Because it was 0.4 seconds on the clock. And we've seen this scenario, you know, we're new WNBA fans, but we're longtime basketball fans. We have mm-hmm. seen this scenario time and time again. What you want to do in this scenario, because they're only down one point. And what you want to do is you want to throw this basketball towards the basket and get a tip in. Mm-hmm. They're looking to toss it in. And the Mercury did a really good job defensively not giving them what they wanted. So then you have Sabrina running out past the three-point line or really far out into the wings. She catches the ball. And essentially what I'm saying is this is a Hail Mary play. It was a broken play and it was a Hail Mary shot. And it was not the shot they wanted. And it was clear that this was not the shot they wanted. And I think that is why they didn't get the call because to the refs, it was obvious that it was a broken play with only 0.4 seconds left. And I think that's why it was a no call. And I think that's why people look at that and they say, oh, that's a good no call. Now, with that being said, if this were the NBA, that play gets reviewed. Everything gets reviewed in a close game in the NBA with less than two minutes on the clock. That play gets reviewed. So with that being said, I, even though I am a biased Mercury fan, I can sympathize with the Liberty side because they didn't get a review on the play. But I think because it was a broken play and it was a Hail Mary moment, that's why they didn't get the call. And, and, and the Mercury's defense prior to that pass was excellent. Yeah. And I don't think Brittany's foul was an egregious foul either. Like, it's just, we're talking about a little bit of space. There's obviously a massive, um, it's a mismatch, right? Like there's a great height advantage there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think they just saw it as good mercury defense, right? Like 
they they boxed out they didn't give them the pass that they wanted they didn't get anywhere near the basket like I mean inbounding the ball didn't get anywhere near the basket and so I think it was just a broken play that ended the game I thought it was a riveting game I don't know I think the Mercury won this game even though it was technically a foul I really just I really feel like the Mercury won this game they went on a hell of a run there were hero shots on both sides, which were which were phenomenal. But at the end of the day, I really do think they won this game. I couldn't agree with you more. And I feel like I'm definitely, you know, in the camp you described of people who are kind of like, it, this is within the margins. Like, yes, I, you know, I see the foul. But also I feel like something that's never spoken about, like, honestly, uh, you know, in basketball is that there's no way that refs get rewarded for ending games on free throws like you better believe the top-down message is like we don't want this game to be decided by a free throw we'd rather it be a missed shot or a made shot oh and i'm sure there were calls that didn't go mercury's way throughout the game totally but you just just a counter to the counter you know throwing a walt hopkins a bone yeah if this is diana tarasi and she's playing and that's her last shot last shot and her, you know, space, her landing space is like impeded upon. There's a lot more likelihood that there's a like a foul call or or something, right? I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know. Like I said, like it's 0.4 seconds. It's a left. It's a broken play. Yeah, they didn't totally. get what they wanted. I mean, Diana Tarasi is known for being vocal with the refs, mm-hmm. but that I think in a moment like that, they'd be like, no, forget it, because like you said the refs do not want to end the game. They do not, or decide no. the game rather. They and do not want to decide the game. Don't want that. I think in the end, like no one wants you want that. things to be fair, but can you imagine? And it's like the game ends with, you know, Sabrina going to take a couple free throws and that's mm-hmm, the end of mm-hmm, Phoenix's mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, no, I think, I think Phoenix won the game and that's kind of, it ended the way it was supposed to. also gearing up to awards and the ap the associated press uh released their own awards and they are giving their player of the year to john quell jones i think this is very well deserved mm-hmm. i do not see any discrepancies uh with any of their picks i think john quell jones uh, especially in the second half of the season ran away with the mvp freddie what do you think 
Yeah, I I totally agree. You know, it looks like it was a unanimous decision by, you know, the Associated Press. She's like a nightmare to play against. She just can bomb from three, is also like a really good big that's crafty, also is a really good defender and, you know, kind of showed out in the All-Star game and has just had a great season. Like, I think there's been some other you know, incredible seasons by, you know, I, I don't know who the runners up would be. Maybe there's a little bit of Liz Campage in there. Maybe. Probably Asia Wilson more. You know, I think, I think a, a, a Arike has been like really exciting too, but yeah. you also got to give it to the, the people who are like winning games. Like, you know, I think for me, a big part of the MVP award has always got to go to one of the top teams. Um, yeah, yeah, I only so, say Asia Wilson over Liz Campage for MVP this year because Asia's played more games. Right, totally. Yeah, and and Liz has been. Yeah, I think, I I think I just enjoy Liz as a player, and I always see that kind of potential in her. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she hasn't quite put together the season where she's like, okay, it this is mine now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the AP they also uh, they have uh, Sylvia Fowles as their defensive player of the year. Kelsey Plum is their sixth woman of the year and they have, and I'm looking up our, uh, <laughs> our phonetic spellings here. Uh, they have Michaela onion where I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, from the Liberty as their, they say unanimous choice for rookie of the year. Um, again, I don't disagree with any of these choices. I really think this is how the ultimate awards are going to play out as well. I think you rocked the pronunciation. <laughs> just uh, very I'm, slowly. <laughs> I'm going to do it as well, just to, you know, get, get in, in my system. But Michaela Onyanwere. On- Onyanwere. Yeah. I, uh, hey, you, you might be more correct than, than no, I am. No, no, no. I'm sure you're better. I'm sure you're better. May- <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure of that. And. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, you know, th- this might be an opportunity for a, a, a drop or a, a travel or a double dribble next, um, yes. next pod. But yeah, I think the player I'm, you know, as I really started to get into it during the wobble and a little bit before that, the player that I really am, I, I guess, most happy for here is Sylvia Fowles. I think she's just like, just a, like exciting player to watch. I love defense. I love that the Lynx made a late run. And mm-hmm. it just seems well-deserved and like a good, a feel good story. Yeah, I agree. I I'm happy for the links this year as well. I'm so looking forward to this game uh, later today and they've had an incredible season. And I, I admitted in on our last episode that this was a team I, I kind of slept on that. I haven't uh, seen as much and uh, you know, they've kind of caught me by surprise this year. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Honestly. Um, with that, Freddie, it's time for our badass player of the week. I'm a badass woman. Freddie, who you got for us this week? Okay, so mine, um, and I, I think there's a lot of candidates here because, uh, you know, obviously the playoffs have started and there's been some dramatic moments. But a player I had just was, you know, I knew about but was not that focused on. I even tweeted out before the... Uh, before the Sky Wings game, I was like, okay, you know, Candace Parker's about to go off. And, you know, she didn't shoot well, but the rebounding was there and, you know, the assists were there. 
But the player who I was like, wow, I feel like I haven't given you enough appreciation and you were incredible was uh, Kalia Copper. She was just like unbelievable. Like I feel like she just kind of couldn't be stopped. And, you know, I guess the, I feel like the Chicago Sky is an interesting team because they've been never quite healthy at the all at the same time, it seems. And mm-hmm. it's like they're hot at the right time. And yeah, I thought it was interesting that, you know, when you're focused on one player and another player goes off. So uh, they, they're giving me like stacked teams vibes. And you know, even having like, you know, Vandersloot and Quigley on the team, I guess I was focused on other players. So watching Copper just kind of kill it was was fun. Like her, I'll, I'll just give you the stats for her playoff game. 31 minutes, 10 for 14 from the field, which is just insane. 23 points, two rebounds, two assists and a steal. Uh, that's just like dynamite scoring. And if a team or if a player scores that much on you that easily, you're probably going to lose the game. Um, that's awesome. My uh, player of the week is going to Sophie Cunningham of the Mercury. Really stepped up. Normally averages about 5.6 points during the uh, regular season. And this game, she scored 21 points. She had so many clutch threes. uh, Really kind of feel, you know, like they were missing Diana Taurasi. And she just like really stepped up and she was just phenomenal. She was just lights out during that whole game. And I felt like she was single-handedly keeping the minute during, uh, especially during that third quarter. So I feel like I just want to give love to Sophie Cunningham there because she, uh, she really killed it. Okay. Just to, you know, add to your point and I'm going to correct myself before we get back to the, the next pod. I think I said Sandy Whitcomb. It's Sammy. So uh, apologies there. Um, a little drop. Just looking at Sophie's game, though, she got six for seven from three. Yeah, it was a that's crazy outrageous. Game. It was a crazy good performance. Really, like, you know, very much just stepping up to the plate. You know, stepping up in big moments, kind of performance. So totally, I like how yeah. we both went in the in the same direction here. Yeah, but with like, different teams, so that was yeah, perfect. it's good. That was perfect. Uh, with that, it's time for Freddie's fun question. Freddie, what do you have for us this week? Okay, let's uh, let's get into it. It's uh, yeah, it's it's fun, but uh, I think like we were talking about before the pod, it's uh, maybe maybe there's some heart there too, uh, and I feel like this is like you know I've had a bunch of of points of uh, I don't want to say pride because I feel like that's like almost condescending, but let's just say appreciation, like you know or admiration the kind of like watching the WNBA and being so impressed with, with certain things. And, you know, uh, I've been talking with friends a lot about going back to, you know, checking out games, uh, Raptors games or, or what have you. And people are talking about league wide vaccination rates. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so impressive that uh, the WNBA is like a fully vaccinated league it's just a it's just a positive thing. Like uh, I shared with you an article about how League Commissioner Kathy kind of like went about doing that, and it was like so much about player education, and it was like done in a positive way. And I feel like that's what it takes to get like a a big task done. It, it's just cool that they did this. What so did they do? Sorry, they that that they're the most vaccinated league. 
Oh, just that they announced it. Yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, without further ado there, I feel like they're getting a lot of good press, but I wanted my question to be like, okay, beyond getting good press uh, and, you know, some shine in the media, if you could like give the league anything or, you know, bestow upon them something cool, what, what, what would it be? Like, yeah, I guess in this situation, we're, we're powerful, rich people or something. I don't know. Okay. So Freddie, I have to say this fun question took on a very serious tone. I know. <laughs> the so-called fun question segment got very real. I was like, where are we going? Like, wow. Freddie's. Uh, but we, we got there. Uh, vaccinations are important. And I agree. I think, you know, helping people who have consumed a lot of, um, you know, propaganda or false information. Mm -hmm. I think empathy is the way to to get them there rather than just shaming them because then they just double down on more false information. Um, So, yeah, it's great that the WNBA took uh, a pro vaccine stance that pretty much the entire league or almost the entire league. I thought they said a while ago, 100 percent of the league was vaccinated. They they did. So I I should say this is not something that's new, but it's something that is uh, like as other leagues are getting compared to one another and like fans are coming back. Oh, yeah. Like more, I think the, the, NBA, the NBA announced something like 90% of their league is vaccinated. And I felt the second I saw that I was like, immediately I'm thinking, who's the other 10? Like right? it kind of, I don't know why, but it just draws my attention there. Like who's the other 10%? Like that's totally. immediately what I want to know. So anyway, the, the fun question is, if I could give the WNBA something. Yeah, maybe like a reward, a gift. <laughs> okay. That's as, a, like. as a reward for being vaccinated. That's right. What would it be? Okay, so I'm going to think about my answer for a sec. Freddie, what is your answer? Okay, <laughs> maybe this is still too serious and or taking a serious subject and making it dumb. But... <laughs> I felt like they've been leaders in a bunch of like different kind of like social categories. So I feel like just to kind of like keep the pressure on, you know, the NFL, like soccer leagues around the world, everywhere. And to highlight that, you know, these women are kicking ass. There should be like an annual social justice, like award or trophy that gets presented to, to one league. And there can be like, you know, Maybe the MVP gets gets accepted or, you know, the whoever the top players are in the league get to have like a press conference and just like boast a little bit. So my answer to my own question is that I feel like there should be an inaugural trophy where it's like, hey, you're the best at doing this important societal thing, you know, and like we're talking <laughs> about, you know, you know, you're wondering, hey, who are those 50 NBA players uh, who, who yeah. didn't get vaccinated or won't get vaccinated? And we don't have to wonder that for the WNBA. So like all, right. all, all these athletes are incredible role models. I feel like, you know, beyond keeping themselves safe, it's, it's just a cool thing that they should be like, you know, I'm, they can't all go back to the white house or whatever. So that, that, that was another dumb idea I had, but you know, m- maybe some type of trophy where it's like, yeah, yeah. The WNBA is the most socially progressive league and we're putting that on a plaque. So you want like the WHO or something to give the WNBA an award? Yes. Okay. You're you're helping me out here. Maybe it's like a Nobel (laughs) sports prize or something. (laughs) 
okay, okay, this is a long walk, you know, this is a very long, long walk, walk, but we got there. That's fun. I thought, you know, because in like keeping spirits with the segment, uh, I thought of a very bizarre, lighthearted response to this, just because you're like, oh, what would you give them? What would you give as an award? And I thought I would give them freshly baked bread before every game. Because Your answer you gotta, is way you, better than mine. You got to carb up before a game. And they're always drinking these like sports drinks and stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, I'm not an athlete, but if I were an athlete, I would want nothing more than a fresh slice of baked <laughs> bread, maybe a sourdough, just, just slice off a little bit with just put some butter on it. There's nothing better in the world. Just get all the endorphins, all the good feelings going. And then, and then I run out there and I play ball. So I feel like, you know, you want it before the game. You don't want it after the game because you really need to hydrate after the game, but before the game, why not? This would be, this would be the treat that I want. And I want every WNBA team to have this, uh, before every game. I love how your idea is like, Hey, get these ladies some bread. You know, like a trophy's nice. Yes. But if you but the way people get excited over freshly baked bread, damn. <laughs> yeah, people go wild, you know? Yeah, that smells intoxicating. You show up to dinner, you're waiting for your food, you get a bunch of bread on the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Good when stuff. you buy like a little baguette from a, a grocery store, not the same. Oh, yeah. Not the same. I mean, we're eating it, sure, but you're not like you know, when you go to someone's place and they've baked the bread, you're like, wow. Totally. That smell too. Yeah. That's a showstopper. So that is what I would give to them as a treat, as a thank you for being as they are. And yeah, it's, and I base this answer on the kind of treat I would want for good behavior. Well, thank you for taking my very long walk of a question and, and having the correct answer, which is freshly baked bread. Freshly baked, baked bread. bread. There we go. Got it. <laughs> well, that has been our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, shout out to our producer, Jason, and the Sonar Network uh, for helping us out every episode. Uh, Freddie, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can check me out uh, on Twitter. I'm uh, at Freddie Revis or Instagram. I'm at Freddie Noel Revis. And uh, yeah, you can also check out my pod at Confederacy of Dunks basketball podcast or at dunkspodcast.com. Catherine's on it a bunch. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. And you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine spelled C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Uh, my NBA podcast, Buckets and Tea, is currently on hiatus, but we're going to be back uh, later in October. So look out for that. And uh, thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.